1: do a presentation and this little one is in the bathroom throwing up Mm -hmm. and I thought oh my god what am I doing? Mm -hmm.
0: Welcome to Hustle and Gather a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana and I'm Courtney and we are two sisters who have started multiple businesses together and yes it is as messy as you think. Because we know that starting a business isn't easy.
2: We've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we love helping small businesses succeed. Whether that is through our venue consulting,
0: speaking, or team training, we love to motivate others to take that really big leap.
2: Or you could just use our misadventures to normalize the crazy that is being an entrepreneur. Because every entrepreneur makes mistakes. But we like to call those unsuccessful attempts around here. And we know it's just part of the process. And today, we're learning from a mother-daughter team, Judy Pick. And Hilaire Pickett Martin, founders of Design Line Signature, a Raleigh, North Carolina based interior design firm. The established firm focuses largely on both luxury residential and commercial projects, all with a client centric driven approach to customized interior design. In North Carolina, where they are based, they have just completed the Wade, NC State's Chancellor residence, and a mix of residential projects throughout Raleigh. Additionally, their work can be found in Florida, Virginia, South Carolina, the Carolina coast, and even Bermuda. Hilaire and Judy, welcome to Hustle and Gather. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Well, we'd love to have for you guys just take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to what you're doing now in your business.
1: Yeah. Well, it really started in 1979, so we have had a long run. Yeah. <laughs> went to Florida State, loved fashion. My roommate said, you're not bitchy enough to be, uh, <laughs> you know, go to New York and do all that stuff. And so I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not. So <laughs> I went... To interior design. I just went and changed my major, but I still get to do all the wonderful things with textiles and mm-hmm. color and art and proportion and scale and mm-hmm. understanding all that. So I still am in my passion, just in a different actually, way. yeah, more wonderful field, I think. Yeah. So huh? what when did you start your firm? Um in 79. I graduated in 74. Now okay. think about that. No cell phones, right. no yeah. computers. Right. I b- barely had color television. I mean, yeah. seriously, it's mm-hmm. kind of in the dinosaur. So when you think about, <laughs> you know, early on we wrote checks on the carbon thing. You know, you'd put them in the little, line it up, write the check. There was a carbon for it, and then you had to manually enter everything. You know, everything was by hand. Yeah, Drew by hand, painted by hand. You know, everything was colored by hand. So the leap, like from where we started yeah. to where we are now, is monumental. Oh, astronomical. Well, monumental. Take, take us back to those five
2: years. Like what did you do from graduating bef- until opening? Did you work for other interior design firms?
1: I did. I worked for large retailers. Okay. Um, and okay. so I got my feet wet. And what that did is put me in front of a lot of different kinds of people. Yeah. And so I was like in the mix with people who had great budgets, people who had very little budgets. And we always are problem solving. We always are trying to get the client you know, what they need, what their vision is, how do I, how do I, how do I get there from what I have? Yeah. And so I worked for some, two large retailers before I started the business with $500 in, like...
2: So did you, did you go where you're like, I'm done working retail, I'm just going to start my own thing, here's hoping, or did you kind of gradually segue into doing some projects until...
1: No, I was doing projects in, for the retailer, and I literally just made the decision and asked my dad if he had could loan me any money and he gave me $500 (laughs) literally and we rented this little yellow house on Glenwood Avenue. Mm. Okay so you're in Raleigh at this time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah I don't know it's part being naive Mm -hmm. but interestingly enough the chair of the interior design department at Florida State her husband was the dean of the business school mm-hmm. so all the interior design majors had to go through this five course like we should have taken one more course because then we would have had a minor mm-hmm. one course shy of having a minor in business mm-hmm. so there would be all these guys in there doing business you know business and then there'd be these interior design all female right mm-hmm. interior design students you knew who they were but it, it got it really was the best thing they mm-hmm. could have done for us yeah, yeah. You know, business law, accounting, marketing, management. We had to go through all of those entry-level courses. So it did. It gave us a good background.
2: I love how you mentioned that you started your business with $500 and just being naive. And I think that sometimes the best businesses are made because... You don't know what you're r- jumping into. Mm-hmm. I know definitely for us, like we had no idea. And like if we did have an idea, you'd be we nervous probably wouldn't have done right. it. Yeah. I know. We would have been yeah. like, ah, no, like I'm not going to put myself through that. Yeah. But I think sometimes like not knowing and just having a lot of like faith and belief in what yeah. you can do exactly. can get you
3: so far. Yeah. So I'm curious, yes. how was it growing up with entrepreneur parent mom? Well, I grew up around entrepreneurship. My dad's an entrepreneur. Um, my husband now is an entrepreneur. So it's okay. the only thing I know. Yeah. So I don't know any different. Weekends sometimes meant growing up, hanging out at the office. She might be working on a big presentation. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. hanging out, you know, dad was helping maybe put fabric books away or mowing the lawn out front, you know, mm-hmm. of the office or, you know, with my coloring in my journal and just, right. you know, hanging out or whatever. So it's through osmosis mm-hmm. that I was just around entrepreneurship mm-hmm. that I was like, "Ooh, this is cool." Hey, mom, what are you doing? That fabric looks nice, yeah. or whatever. So it's just being around it and just yeah. being curious. Yeah. yeah. Are you an only child? I am. Okay. okay. Yeah. I quite literally grew up in the industry when I yeah. say that because when I was still in my car seat and everything, mom would put me underneath the conference room table, or you know, the people I work with now and vendors. Mm-hmm. Those um, people knew me when I was little. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool to have a depth of like, hey, I knew you when you were little. You're now professional and you're working with her. Mm-hmm. So that's like a really cool dynamic to work with people who've known me my, basically yeah, my yeah. whole life. Yeah. But then, too, to also do this for, for a living. So it's fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So take us back to, I guess, I would say early 80s-ish right? So Mm -hmm. I I
2: think it's an interesting time for women in business in
0: general, because I think they were trying to have it all right. So Mm -hmm. women were now saying like, okay, I can't have a career and I can be a mother and trying Mm -hmm. to find that. And obviously we still struggle with that, trying to balance it all and whatnot. But is, was there any like roadblocks that you came up with? Was there anyone that kind of pushed against your desire to have your own company and also be a mother?
1: No one really Pushed back, but there was a lot of mom guilt, and mm-hmm. I didn't know that word existed back then. Yeah, I remember distinctly one time when Hilaire had, and she was a little tight. I mean, she wasn't taller than this table, mm-hmm. and she had strep throat, and mm-hmm. she she had it a couple times. But this particular time, she was really very sick, and I had an appointment, which I thought was more important. Mm. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say it. Or think it, but I felt like I had to do this. Sure. So I pack her up and I bring her with me. And here I am in the conference room trying to do a presentation and this little one is in the bathroom throwing up. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my God, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should have canceled, rescheduled. Yeah. And I felt that was like the worst moment of mm-hmm. me trying to incorporate my business and mm-hmm. my mom. Yeah. But we've all been there. (laughs) totally. I know, but you know, I forgot my child at school. It's not like I had to go ask my (laughs) boss if I could leave. I mean, I should have just done it.
2: Yeah. But don't you feel like sometimes, especially like in the beginnings of it, or if you're trying to like land that big client or there's a kind of that fear of like, if I don't Show this client that you're my number one priority. That I'm not being pulled in another direction. That I'm right. not going to land that. Right. Like I
1: need. To, yeah, that feeling. Definitely and I feel like permeated. And I feel
2: like you know, when you thoughts. look back at the '80s, there was a lot of that. Like there was, it was not so blended to me as mm-hmm. it is right now. Is either not. you were career or you were like the mom. Like, but there wasn't really like an in between, and there was a lot of judgment. I feel right. like that went on during that time about career women like becoming parents or like parents trying to have a career.
1: Well, Courtney, the other thing is it, the clients weren't understanding. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. now, if if I have one of my grandkids there, oh, they're all about talking to them and playing. Yeah. It. But back then, it was like, uh-uh. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was all about like the image. It's like, no, the clients, mm-hmm. I, I felt pushed back from mm-hmm. clients yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. if she was with me or, mm-hmm. you know, there was an extenuating circumstance sure. that I couldn't make an appointment yeah. or something. Yeah. They, they were not as understanding yeah. back then as they are now.
3: Yeah. I think innately me growing up around that it shows the drive it shows the passion mm-hmm. it shows you know commitment and stuff not to say your kid isn't important sure. I don't think that's the case at all but I think also I don't know it's one of those things where it's like there's a there's a drive there mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's where, not like a job that you just 9 to 5 and you right. peace out which right.
2: when I feel like I'm in the throes of failure as a parenting <clears throat> which I am often I have 3 kids and I fail often is I, I think about that. Like one, I think it's really important for kids to grow up knowing that it's not all about them, you know, and just in general. And I think when you have an entrepreneur as a parent, it's not all about you because it can't be right? right. Like you have your kids and then you have your business baby too. And you're going to mm-hmm. have to make sacrifices and trade-offs. But then also I think it's really super important as parents, that we emulate what it means to go after something that you're passionate about, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you can live through this passion and you can make sacrifices. Like it's worth the sacrifice Mm -hmm. to make, you know, and and everything's a trade off and a decision. So I, I think that even when you're in the middle of that situation, it's like, okay, there's going to be some bad moments, but at the same time, what are you modeling for your child? You know, you're modeling that they can do this too. And what they are passionate about is important too.
1: And I think that's being passed down to my grandkids, their mm-hmm. children. Yeah,
2: yeah. so I guess the question is, did, I mean, did you
0: ever feel like, you know, obviously you had mom guilt, like you were choosing the business over your kid, but did you ever feel that as a child? Mm-mm. So like you just like integrated into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So
3: interesting. Like it Saturdays, is. I remember, hey, we got, you know, because back in the day before, after Glenwood, Judy had a space at. The Corner of Peace. Uh, on, and, on Corner of Peace. And so there was a little bit of a yard and an old you know, home that mm-hmm. she turned into an office. And so there was grass there and, you know, with family outing after breakfast, let's go mow the lawn and, yeah. you know, be sure that the office looks great. You know, I mean, yeah. it was just what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd
1: take out all the cardboard and... Yeah. I mean, I mean it yeah.
3: it is what it is. Yeah. I it's mean, so funny.
0: I love hearing that, that it just, it felt integrated. And I think mm-hmm. that's the goal is it's not that I want my kids to feel like I chose them or I chose a business, but that it was all integrated into mm-hmm. their life. That or they
1: were part of that. They were part they, of they, of they were, Yeah. 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 And I would give her little jobs, yeah. you know, when she was old enough. Yeah, And She would kind of hang out over one of my associates, one of my designers who I dearly love and not with me anymore. But now that she has kids and Hilaire has kids, she kind of understands how yeah. she kind of want to tag along. Yeah.
3: Or like, oh, those colors look pretty. What is yeah. that for, mom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So when
0: did you decide to join the team? Like what, what point was it that you're like, this is actually what I really want to do? Well, <laughs>
3: my degree is in communications. Okay. So I helped Judy run the business side mm-hmm. of the firm. It wasn't until I was almost at graduation my senior year, and I had a girlfriend of mine. We were hanging out, visiting, and she stopped by the office, and she was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Why don't you just see what happens here? Mm-hmm. Like, Judy doesn't have anybody in communications. and yeah. why? I mean, at least let's—why don't you try it? You yeah. know, because, like— In college, they were like, go for PR, go for the big city, Mm. go for agency, go for this, this, this. She, my girlfriend, really was like, look, like, you might have a gem here. Mm -hmm. You know, just try it. And so I think just that encouragement from her girlfriend Mm -hmm. and just saying, okay, well. Because it hadn't dawned on you.
2: Not really. Did you, like, ever have any, like, rebellion against it, like, in, like, high school? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She's like,
1: absolutely. She's she like, I am never working for my mom. I'm not doing this. I, I don't want to. And she said, and she was probably only five, she said, I don't want to be a designer because I don't want to work late, and I don't want to work on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. And she was just, like, little defiant kid, and I said, okay. That, our kids have
2: told us that, too. Yeah. They're like, do you want to be an event planner? And when they're little, the girls are like, no,
1: you look too stressed. This is oh. too much work. <laughs> yeah, that's what my yeah. daughter
2: said. She's too, like, I don't
0: want
1: to do that. that looks it's too stressed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I'm glad she's with me now because she took the company and made the leap. Again, social media wasn't mm. even in my frame of reference. Yeah, any of y'all? Sure. And <laughs> so, why do I need that? What does it do? And and Hilaire took us to the next step with. You know, Facebook and Instagram and all the other <laughs> things that you know, I don't really do that. That's I I don't take pictures of my food or tell people where I am or Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't dawn on me that anybody cares. Sure. Yeah. So but she I feel that strongly, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. But um people do care about us as a business yes, and do. kind of what we're doing. Yeah. And she's they want to she, with you. she had the foresight foresight and the I guess the Passion. inroad to me to Mm -hmm. make us realize that. And I said, okay, you do it. I'm not doing it. You do it.
3: Well, and I think, too, there was some honesty. Because I went to her and I said, she said, well, I don't have anybody. But she was like, well, let's just try it. So we were willing to fail. Mm -hmm. You know, we were willing to, like, say, okay, well, let's just give this a shot. And if it doesn't work, at least we knew. Because right. um, not everybody, as you guys know, being sisters, not mm-hmm. everybody can work with their family members. No. And so mm-hmm. yeah. we said that was another thing like, okay, and we try and compartmentalize. So, mm-hmm. like, while we're at work, we're Judy and Hilaire. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after five, or, you know, we're not in an environment where presents work, mm-hmm. we're mom and daughter. So right. we try and, you know, separate that a little bit um, just to for ease. Yeah. Because, like, saying pumpkin or. Three. Honey, yeah. <laughs> you know, in a client meeting's not gonna go too well. I always
1: called her sweet pea, and I think I caught myself doing that in a meeting. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So, you know, over the years I think, you know, I've gotten on getting more responsibility of project management and then communications and then it moved into the business side and running the operations and overseeing installs and mm. you know, so my role pretty much I wear many hats and even yeah. as like taking out the trash some days mm-hmm. to you know, working with
1: PR company PR
3: company, and talking to you guys, mm-hmm. you know, so right. it's, it's, it varies and no day is the same.
0: Yeah. I love, I love it. it. So you sit, you stay mostly in the design realm still mm-hmm. and you're like just making it all happen. Like almost like a, like a COO in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So I'm sure you guys like have had things come up sure. in the business that have like affected
3: you personally. Like how do you guys handle like when you guys don't agree or disagree we try and keep any sort of mom-daughter sass mm. uh, minimal. Yeah. But that, you know, that'll creep in maybe 2 or two to 5% of the time. <laughs> 2 to 5%, <five> okay. <laughs> yeah, 5%. <laughs> um, but we try, you know, we're very respectful of each other's thoughts and opinions in mm. my my viewpoint.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, she has definite strengths that I don't, and yeah. I have definite strengths that she does. I fly at 30,000 feet, and my I'm a big-picture person. Mm. She's the detail person. Mm-hmm. She'll spend two hours finding 50 cents on a— you know, reconciliation statement. Yeah. And I would have written it off the first 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah. know? <laughs> right. So so we have very, very different yeah. like mm-hmm. processes and the way our mind works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I think we're successful yeah. together.
3: Yeah. But I think we're also honest. And I think mm-hmm. that's really key too. Yeah. You know, whether it's a business decision or, hey, I think it should go this way. Or what if we map out you know, six plans, and we'll figure out which way we want to go. Or Mm -hmm. There's a lot of trust, too. Like, if I bring something that's important to me, she sees that it's important to me, and it's something that I want to do. Or, you know,
1: if we— I'll just let her run with it, whether I really know what the outcome's going to be or not. And I say this in a sincere
3: way. I never want to be a designer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that I— I I mean, I'm around it, and I can tell you a great paint color versus not a great paint color, for Mm -hmm. example. But— when people ask for my opinion, I was like, mm, "I'll tell you, but that's not what you know." <laughs> yeah. I'll give you an opinion. I always have an opinion, but leave it to the pros, you know. Right. So I know where sort of my lanes are as yeah, far yeah. as that goes. And
1: she kind, she did. She carved out this mm-hmm. huge, which was a very narrow lane at first, to this very broad, all-encompassing lane. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. I know. Yeah, yeah. That is really cool. I guess. I mean, I just think that even for us, like. It's so easy to revert back to our younger selves, Mm -hmm. and like our own like like issues, and you can bring up like, oh, this is how I feel because I'm like a middle child, some like quintessential middle child, and sometimes like this is my middle child coming out, right? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) and and like this is your big sister coming out, you know? (laughs) Like, trying, it's I I imagine it would be hard not to revert back to those you
1: know old relationships, I guess. But I, I guess being an only child too, she had when. When we were together, she had my full attention. Yeah, and we always did things together, and we always had night times together. And Mm -hmm. you're like true
0: best friends. I, I, I have a daughter and a son, and I, from the moment she could talk, I always told her you're my best friend. And every Christmas, I give her a picture, and it says best friends on it. And my Mm -hmm. husband's like, you're brainwashing her. I was like, I am brainwashing her because (laughs) on purpose, (laughs) on purpose. This is this is intentional
1: (laughs) Uh
2: (laughs) because she is going to be my best friend. Like, you know, yeah. I love that. Yeah, she's going to be my best friend, actually. So she is be <laughs> yeah. best friend,
1: not mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to go shopping and you know hide yeah. all our stuff in the trunk and yeah. just go in with one little bag. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Or, or back so in the day when Red Lobster was prime. fun
3: and yes. you go get all you can eat crab legs. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. just yeah, we'd be we'd be besties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. So did you ever, like we like to ask this question
2: on our podcast to everybody, if you've ever had like an oh shit moment in the building of your business, whether that was in the early stages or in the last few years where you were like, what am I doing? I'm in over my head. How are we going to see our way out of this?
1: No. No, Mm -hmm. never. Okay. Uh, No, never. Um, But when you think about it through the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, Mm -hmm. how many ups and downs and recessions? Yeah. And things like that. There were times when it was lean, mm-hmm. and there are time, you know. Now we're, you know, just hugely successful. I credit some of that to Hilaire and her management, but we always had struggles. But mm-hmm. we never had like, oh man, I'm in quicksand here. I'm yeah. I'm headed out. No, yeah. it never.
3: Yeah. But I think that goes also to to piggyback and support that is, she always does. Great work. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's always done that. And even our coworkers, everybody, we do, we stand behind our great work. Mm-hmm. And if great work is there, then the clientele will follow mm-hmm. or the referrals will follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, before even, you know, we got a website, I mean, if Judy did great design work and someone comes over, sees that, oh, who did that? You know, mm-hmm. and that's the best walking testament to mm-hmm. yeah. our business is a referral and so happy client yeah mm-hmm. so when that happened it just spreads i yeah, mean you yeah. can't help but spread i mean your home is your most intimate space um, where you can relax and that's where you know in 10 minutes we can be just meeting a client and all of a sudden be in their master bedroom talking right. about their space right. so there's a lot of honesty there too mm-hmm. but there's a lot of trust and then to be able to design a beautiful space for not only for your, your functionality and way of living but also to make you happy. And yeah. That's really personal.
0: I, and I can imagine that's so hard, like even just as trends change, right? And mm-hmm. not jumping on necessarily yeah. like trend bandwagons, but keeping that creative juices flowing and also making your own kind of style and your own mark. Um, how do you stay inspired?
1: Okay. First of all, I listen. I try to tune in. I have a really good ability to tune into the mm-hmm. client and having met so many people along the way, stories don't really change that much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So trends, I try to avoid. Yeah. I'm conscious of them because that's usually what drives their vision. Is having seen a trend, right? But you know, over the test of time, ha- design has to has to have longevity, and you can't just give somebody that's going to look like you know, so dated in seven years. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, so there has to be something authentic about it. There has Mm -hmm. to be something that has a lot of honesty, whether you infuse kind of a contemporary situation with one, you know, antique or one heirloom or one something that makes the space theirs, Mm -hmm. makes it unique and gives it that edge. There has Mm -hmm. to be an unexpected edge about things that You know, because trends to me sometimes can be awful boring. I mean, because they're all the same and Mm -hmm. you see them again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So I try to think that things are more timeless. Mm -hmm. And when it's infused with something from history, something authentic, something real, then it ceases to be a a trend that becomes personal and it's theirs. We often
3: say, too, we're lifestyle advocates. Mm. Because mm. clients can come to us with a challenge yeah. or this, you know, even I think COVID <clears throat> going through the pandemic yeah. has presented because people have spent so much time at home, Mm -hmm. well, that dining room has now turned into versatile spaces, Mm -hmm. you know, versatility. And, like, now I need it to also be a space where I can have my children do homework and also take a meeting and Mm -hmm. entertain for 20 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's about that and really, truly not only listening to the challenges but also seeing how design can create your life, not easier but more functional. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So have you noticed that – Brings up a good point that I was thinking of. Have you because I like as housing prices have gone crazy, you know, and people it's hard to get a house, and but people are spending a premium for it. Do you notice that they are more inclined now to spend with you and like to get it to? Because I feel like I feel like it's become the hub again, right? Like that house, like people are like, okay, maybe this is important again. You know, like so much has to take place here. And with everything being so uncertain, you're like, I'm going to focus here on the house. And I think that's what's caused this big boom. But has it also translated to your business?
1: It has. Yeah. Okay. It has. And it's not so much that we have a, a swell of new clients wanting to do that. It's just existing clients are rethinking yeah. what they're what their spaces do and everything. I think there's
3: also a rise to an outdoor spaces mm. um, yes. as well. Yes. And not just, Hey, I want a patio, but I want a patio with maybe an outdoor kitchen, or mm-hmm. I want an area where I can fire create pit. with a fire pit mm-hmm. to have, intimate moments. And so there's not just singular spaces. Mm-hmm. It's again, going back to the versatility because mm-hmm. um, you couldn't travel, like you couldn't go anywhere well,
2: to get that escape. So you have to find it in your own, like you quarter es- of an acre or you whatever can't escape it is. your own life. That's I right. I
0: mean, you can't escape the children. They're <laughs> everywhere. And like, yeah. the house is a mess and it gets so much dirtier, so much faster. So then you're just like, I need a break. Like I just need to, I need right. something. You know? Well,
3: and I think too, in our industry, we're starting to see even more emphasis on well-being spaces Mm -hmm. what does that look like everybody's different do you need a space to go meditate and be quiet or do you (laughs) or do you need or do you need that gem downstairs in the basement or Uh the guest bedroom turned into you know your peloton and your Mm -hmm. you know cycling and all that so Mm -hmm. you know it's about hearing what where our clients are in in their point in their lives and how can we make that Mm -hmm. um benefit them yeah yeah I love that. I love that. I know. so good. I love design in
2: general. I think that's one of the things that pushed us into our industry in general. Mm Because, I mean, obviously when you're planning a wedding, it's like uh, concentration on like design in and out. How can I do what you want to accomplish in 10 hours, you know? But then also with our venue, I feel like that was one of the biggest driving forces for us in our venue is to be able to just design this space mm-hmm. that was warm and welcoming, but large enough to accommodate, you know, 250 people, but not feel austere, mm-hmm. you know? it was versatile. And versatile like with all the outdoor anything. spaces. Yeah. And it really allowed us to kind of flex design muscles. And so I've always loved like that aspect
3: of yeah. just life in general. Well, I thought... Yeah. I- Going to that point, I thought in college, oh, well, I should try event planning. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. I shadowed somebody, but I was like, mm, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I enjoy making and doing events, but let's do it for fun, not for a living. Yeah. But yeah. I totally can see those parallels.
0: Thanks, everyone, for guiding us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Judy and Hilaire, we are drinking a peach margarita. We hope we get the chance to make it this week and cheers to releasing that mom guilt. To learn more and connect with Judy and Hilaire, you can find Design Line Signature on Instagram at Design Line Signature. You can also see their work and learn more by visiting their website, designlinesltd.com.
2: To learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at c Events at the Bradford and & C and at Hustle & Gather. And if you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com.
0: Also, if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a rating and a review.
2: This podcast is a production of EarFluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle & Gather.